It can be overwhelming when you start to look at the number of ladies that you're like, where has this lady been? I haven't seen her in two months. And you start to feel some of that weight. The joy comes on the other side of the surrender. I would agree with that, Liz. Rather than bemoaning what we're limited in, see that as an opportunity to see the Lord work in big ways. Don't think so much about what you don't have. Think about what you do have. You have the Word, you have your local church, and you have His Spirit. So start with that. Welcome back for another episode of the Small Town Summits podcast. As always, this exists to encourage and equip pastors and lay leaders faithfully serving Jesus in small places. We have an episode today around women's discipleship. Now, this is not an episode only for women, but for everyone. So for ladies who are seeking to be and make disciples in the places where God has them, and also for pastors who are seeking to equip the people of God for the work of ministry, and half the people in our congregations are ladies. So how can we be faithful to shepherd and equip the ladies of our congregation to be making disciples of Jesus? We have Olivia Rule and Liz Burns with us today on the podcast. Olivia and Emma Whitmer have headed up our women's Bible training event, which Lord willing, we hope to do again in the spring of 2022. And Liz Burns serves as our women's discipleship director here in Brattleboro, Vermont, and has also led multiple breakouts around women's discipleship. So we have a lot to learn from these ladies. And uh, I hope that this episode is a particular encouragement to you and that the Lord uses it to build up disciples in your church. Thanks for joining us. Liz and Olivia, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. How's it going? Well, doing well. This episode is really in-house in some ways because Olivia is Olivia Rule, the wife of Ben Rule, who's on the Small Town Summit leadership team. And then Liz Burns, moved up to Vermont to be a part of Rivertown Church that we planted seven years ago, and she serves here in Brattleboro with me. So ladies, it's so good to have you on the podcast. Uh, we want to begin by just giving you a chance to introduce yourself. We'd love to hear how you came to Christ and how you came to serve in women's discipleship and the capacities that you have. So Olivia, let's start with you. Sure. Yeah. Um, so as you mentioned, I'm married to Ben Rule. Um, I have one daughter, Davy, and we have been in Alton, New Hampshire, which is in central New Hampshire, um, coming up on five years, I believe. Um, so I grew up in a ministry home. Um, I, my dad was a pastor, my mom involved in ministry, um, and they were um, really just faithful in um, sharing the gospel from the beginning. I don't remember a day that I did not know the name of Jesus. Um, so they were faithful disciple makers. And so I came to know Jesus and make that commitment um, to follow him at a really young age. Um, and then mine is kind of that simple story of as I grew um, as a person and, and matured in my thinking, um, so the Lord matured my faith. 
and continued to just give me that deeper understanding of the gospel and its implications and following Christ, you know, using the local church as kind of a primary way of continuing to grow me as a believer, using my family to grow me as a believer. And then I went to college at Moody Bible Institute in Chicago, um, knowing that I wanted to probably pursue ministry. And that's where I met Ben. And uh, then we ended up both at Gordon-Conwell Seminary in Massachusetts um, and during our time there got married. And while we were there, um, we both knew that we wanted to do ministry in a place that the church wasn't as prevalent. So looking either West Coast or East Coast and the doors opened on the East Coast um, here in New Hampshire. So it's funny, if you had told me when I graduated from Moody that I would be living in the middle of New Hampshire in a town of 5,000, I probably would have told you or asked the question, where is New Hampshire? <laughs> so a small town ministry, New England ministry was not on the radar for me um, when I left Moody. But as I'm sure many people know and have experienced, the Lord often has different plans. Um, and so, yeah, now we're here and, you know, a lot of my days are spent being a mom and partnering alongside Ben in ministry within our local church. And then also specifically involved with ministry with the women in our church, doing discipleship, women's ministry, um, a lot of one-on-one and -on -one Bible studies. Awesome. Liz, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah. So I kind of like Olivia grew up in a church setting and very little understanding really of what it looked like to follow Jesus, what I perceived to be uh, a Christian or a Jesus follower was just someone that went to church, talked about Jesus, tried to live life in a certain way. And I really just kind of found my identity in that and um, kind of started towards the end of high school, experimenting with some partying and, and feeling this tension of feeling like I should be living a certain way because I go to church and then feeling a separate way when I'm around certain friends. And um, so I went to college and actually became connected to a group of girls that were a part of a campus ministry and um, went to lunch with a girl from this campus ministry. And she very boldly shared the gospel with me using uh, a gospel illustration. And um, at the end of this kind of asked me, so, you know, where do you stand with this? And I tried in my best efforts to fabricate what I think the most Christianese answer that I could have to this question. And I'm like, well, you know, I know Jesus, but I could probably trust him better or know him better. And she just plainly said, you probably don't know Christ and you probably aren't, um, you haven't surrendered your life. And I was so offended but as a people pleaser was very quiet about that. <laughs> and so um, she then followed that up with asking if I wanted to do an investigative Bible study with her. And honestly, to prove her wrong, I said yes, because I wanted to prove to her that she was wrong, that I actually am a Christian, that she didn't know what she was talking about. And as I began to open the word and see from the scriptures, who Jesus claims to be and read about his life, I had a revelation from the Lord that I actually didn't know him and was able to surrender my life to the Lord my freshman year of college. And then really immediately started being discipled by this individual who had shared the gospel with me. Um, that was such a fruitful time in my life. I got to see 
discipleship in so many different aspects. There were a lot of ladies that discipled me within this campus ministry. So had these kind of formative years of getting to see different giftings of different people within a discipling setting, which was so helpful and maybe really love the body and love um, how the Lord gifts each individual in different ways and started serving with a local church where I went to college and then um, towards the end of college, some health issues with my mom had me going back to uh, where I grew up every weekend. And so in that actually got connected to a local church right outside of Atlanta that Ben Whittinghill was a part of. And so we kind of became familiar with one another uh, through that church. And I knew that he and his wife, Kayla, were praying about going to Vermont. And I said, I will pray for you. I'm so happy for you. But much like Olivia, um, I, I would have never, ever, ever thought that the Lord would call me to go to Vermont. I was very, and still am very passionate about inner city ministry and kind of that urban culture. And uh, it is very funny to me that the Lord called me here and, um, you know, it was a, a huge thing for me to have to lay down some of those um, familial ties. And especially with my mom having health issues and just being kind of a caretaker with my dad alongside of that, having to lay those down. And it has been such a joy to see the Lord meet me in that. And um, so I moved up to Vermont with the church plant kind of shortly after graduating college and have been loving getting to see the Lord do immeasurably more than we ever could have asked or imagined here. So um, my days kind of, I am the executive director at the Pregnancy Resource Center in town and um, also have the pleasure of serving as our women's discipleship coordinator at Rivertown. So um, we kind of just focus on discipling women, seeing them come to know Jesus and then walking with him obediently. I remember that fateful day when I was sharing with the church in Atlanta and Liz came to me in tears afterwards saying, I think the Lord's calling me to come to Vermont. But I remember rejoicing, thinking no way, because I don't know Olivia as well, but Olivia knows that I feel this way about Liz, that I think she's one of the best disciple makers that I know, period. So I'm excited about getting to talk about women's discipleship because discipleships wove it into your testimony and you were born again into a discipleship mm -hmm. culture, your experience in discipleship, and then your specific context shape those discipleship ministries. So Olivia, tell us a little bit what women's discipleship looks like in Alton and how the Lord came to shape it, how it is today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that the way that discipleship has taken place at Be Free, sort of a little bit more like, let's see what happens this year. And um, in some ways, kind of uh, figuring it out as we go. When I got to Be Free, the focus had been mostly on just um, small groups in, in ministry and discipleship happening within that. But uh, there were a few other women at the church that had this heart to provide a space for women to gather and um, grow in their relationship with one another while growing in their relationship with Jesus. And so kind of with having that desire and vision uh, among a few of us, we decided let's start something simple, but let's start something for women in our church. And so um, we kept it really simple that first year. We did one Bible study 
Um, I think we had two events. And again, it was really for the purpose. We want women to be able to grow in their love for Jesus through the word and then grow in their relationship with one another. And um, kind of with each year that has formed a little bit more um, as we've seen what works, what doesn't, um, as we've come to have a better understanding through time and prayer, getting to know the women in our church better and and what we want for them. um, That's grown, I think, more uh, what we want that time to look like. So sort of our big emphasis with discipleship among women is that um, we do want it to be uh, word centered. Um, because we know that it is through the word and the work of the Holy Spirit um, that God so often is working and growing his people. And so we really wanted to come alongside women um, and encourage them and better equip them to be in the word, kind of having this understanding, like we want these women to know how to feed themselves um, and, and in that grow as believers. But at the same time, we've kept it very simple. Um, we, Where we live, most women are working during the day. Then they have families um, to care for for evenings. And so what they're able to commit to, um, it, it's not a ton. Uh, so we wanted to keep it simple and accessible. Um, so really, we've just done one or two Bible studies a year. And then when COVID hit, Um, you know, that changed being able to meet in everybody's homes, but we knew what we could do and what COVID couldn't touch was one-on-one relationships. And so what we had been doing as groups, um, with Bible studies, we then changed it to be, uh, between women one-on-one. And so that's been really cool to see this last year. Um, we've had, um, I think it's been close to 15 or 16 women who over the course of the year have been in the war together, um, just reading it, reading, um, the book of James. And then, uh, right now we are going through the, the book of Ephesians, um, and just looking at it together, asking those questions, what does this teach us about God? What's this teach us, um, about man? How is he applying this to our lives? Um, So we've been really encouraged to, again, see how we've been able to stick with that vision of of women growing in their relationship with Jesus as they're growing in their relationships with one another. So it's definitely been a much simpler, slower, smaller scale, how we do women's ministry. But our desire is is just to to provide that space, um, as I said, for women to to grow in their relationship with Jesus. Um, Yeah. I'll stop there when I'll talk yeah. about joys and challenges in the moment. So No, that's so good though. I mean, that's at the heart of what we've been commanded to do mm-hmm. by our master is to, when he talks about going and making disciples, uh, we're teaching people to observe all that he's commanded. And so a word formed discipleship ministry is vital for that. I know you said it looks a little bit different from ours. So Liz, Tell us a little bit about what discipleship looks like there in Brattleboro for the ministry that you lead there. Yeah, I just want to do a really uh, quick plug, I guess, for small town summits, because um, obviously Olivia and I met each other through small town summits. But something that's been so life giving is getting to attend these summits and connect with other women that are doing ministry in small places. And I know that it's life giving for pastors, but I just want to like echo that it is equally life-giving for lay leaders and um, lay people in the church, because what's so amazing is the Lord is doing his, 
his work in places and to get to learn from different women along the way and um, to encourage one another and uh, to draw from one another. And I think what's so exciting too is um, each of these small places is so distinctively different from one another. And I know uh, our leadership says this often, you know, shepherd the flock that you have. And I think that that's so important when you start thinking through kind of logistics or procedures for discipling and um, getting to acknowledge just what Olivia said, where a lot of the ladies are working during the day. So availability to meet up is not there or just really taking a, a view at the people that you have and the demographic that you have is such a valuable asset for being able to be like, all right, let's set attainable goals of, if I'm saying, follow me as I follow Christ, like let's figure out how in those specific small places where we're at, what's the demographic that we can best come alongside of one another to say like, all right, I'm following after Christ. You can only meet after 7 PM when you lay kids down for bed. Let's get together and go for a walk or let's get together and, and read through scripture together or memorize scripture together and just having that flexibility to be able to meet people kind of where they're at helps build those foundational building blocks for hearts that are captured by Jesus and want to obediently follow him and being able to attend these small town summits and learn from other women that are doing things differently helps to kind of have this creative toolbox for better thinking and equipping and training the people in your local churches to be able to be like, Hey, this other faith family was doing it this way. What if we tried coming alongside of this woman in this way? And maybe that, you know, it just is such an arsenal for uh, just resources and encouragement. And it's been so fun to learn from Olivia and the way that they're doing things at Be Free. And so. Yeah, I, I would agree with that, Liz. Um, and then it allows you with whatever context your church to see that it doesn't have to be done just one way. And there is freedom to grow and to change. Um, and there might be a necessity for it. I remember when we did our first Bible study, um, having been at, at Moody Bible, I'd been given a lot of, and Gordon Conwell, a lot of good training. Um, and I hadn't taken into consideration kind of our context in, um, yeah, having then to realize, hey, let's continue to change this so that we can meet the women where they're at. And um, and what is cool then is that these summits getting to have different um women or, or men that you come across that you can share some of these ideas and challenges and then hear, yeah, this is how we're doing it and, and going ahead and trying that. So I just want to say, yes, Liz, I agree with on that. So good. And, and I do want to make sure that people know when we talk about discipleship, it doesn't always look like one on 12, one on three, but there are these different avenues, whether it's in a Sunday morning setting, in a sermon setting, or meeting one-on-one -on -one and everything in between as we are intentionally teaching people to obey Jesus by his word. So Liz, over to you. What does it look like as you sought to build what's here and how do you lead the ladies discipleship ministry in Brattleboro? It's been really, really neat to see who the Lord has brought along the way. And I think something that's distinctive to small places is kind of these regular rhythms that you get to experience as well. So if you're frequenting your local grocery store or restaurant, you're walking around the neighborhood, you're oftentimes seeing the same people. And so I think um, just getting to see that relationship building and establishment of getting to know one another, which has provided so much opportunity for being able to have these gospel conversations that 
lay groundwork for being able to share the gospel and be able to pray and um, praise the Lord when we get to see some come to know him. And, um, and so from there, getting them connected to another woman or a group of women that then are able to kind of come alongside of them to learn how to engage with the word appropriately, to learn to pray and to share their faith and building blocks of forming faith and growing in sanctification and this life sharing with one another that is outside of anything that's been experienced before um, and understanding what it looks like to actually let down some of those barriers and let down some of those guards to um, build this foundation for being able to come to the word and to come and sit around the table and, and to feast your eyes on Jesus and to say uh, that it requires nothing, nothing of me to come that our identity and our sufficiency is rested in Jesus alone. And that we can come on the basis of that to this group and to learn from one another and to grow from one another and to sit with the word and, um, and interpret it and trust the Holy spirit to bring about fruit. Um, so for us, discipleship looks just inviting women to be coming alongside of what we're already doing. And we have um, some trainings that we try to do with our discipleship group leaders that kind of help form uh, a better understanding of how to teach someone to share their faith, how to teach someone to pray, how to teach someone to be able to um, engage with the word and trying to think through how we best come alongside of people and encourage them towards Christ and, um, and teach them to be able to do that as well with neighbors and coworkers and friends and their regular checkout lady or whatever that looks like. I think one of the hopes for this podcast, but also some of our summits is that people do pick up some best practices. They do pick up some handles um, while we agree that discipleship is important, I think sometimes people are wanting to know, hey, what's working or how do you go about it? I love the idea of disciples multiplying, but how have you tried to see that happen functionally inside of a group so that it's not just the same five ladies meeting in the same Bible study 10 years from now? So what does that look like? Yeah. If you know me, you know, I love change when I can control it. Right. Don't we all, but um, in college being discipled, I was discipled by a different person every single year that I was in college. So had four different women that were investing in me with four different giftings. And so it's created in me this passion and desire for women being discipled by different women so that we don't have these kind of like holy huddles that never multiply and never grow. And so um, at Rivertown, we have kind of had a, a group of ladies that have been discipling for a season and are our discipleship group leaders. And so for us, we seek to be equipping and training those women to be able to invest the same things that they've learned to their disciples. So um, as I've mentioned before, we really try to focus on um, what it looks like to pray and how do we teach others to pray, what it looks like to share your faith and how do you share your faith with others and how do you teach someone how to share their faith and how do you study the Bible and how do you teach someone how to study the Bible? And so we've kind of really focused on some of those foundational things to be held within discipleship group and to be trained down and discipled down within those group settings. So we have things like trainings that teach on these specific things. Um, and then 
just encouraging all the ladies who are leading to be seeking out different opportunities for investing in the women that are hungry and are showing desire for wanting to grow deeper and um, giving opportunity for every single person in that group to facilitate a different week of the study after they've been meeting for a while. Because what happens, I think, is we become crippled when we start looking at the way our discipleship group leader leads. And we're like, oh my word, I can never, ever lead like that person. I can never lead like her. She is such a teacher. But it's kind of like once you've gotten one under your belt, you feel a little bit more freed up to be like, okay, that really wasn't as intense as I thought it was going to be. And then that D group leader is able to kind of meet with that person, that disciple after facilitating and say, hey, what do you think went well? What do we want to change next time? How do you still feel like you could be further equipped? How can I come alongside of you? And to really affirm them as well that um, that the stepping out in faith that the Lord meets that and the Lord, um, his power is made great in our weakness and that we can trust him. And it's it's a delight to be able to obey him. And so we, we really try to seek to diversify the different um, study types that we use. So we may walk through a guided study, like a life change study or a good book study. Um, and then the next time go through maybe a book together and read through a book and learn how to discuss chapters of a book. And then, um, and then finish up that year of a commitment to a discipleship group with learning the, the three myth, different methods that we teach at Rivertown for how to study. Um, and so ideally, if your group is small enough, each one of these ladies that are participating in the group are going to have an opportunity to facilitate a, a discussion through each types of those resources. So that when it comes time at the end of that year for them to kind of assess and see if the Lord is allowed for them to be able to see people come to faith, or if there's people that they would like to start a discipleship group with that multiplication out, they've kind of got some framework for what it looks like to facilitate um, a discussion because they've gone through it and have sat underneath their discipleship group leader and have kind of been shored up in that. And they're like, as Ben likes to say, kick them out of the nest. <laughs> well, they've been leading within the safety of not having to have the primary responsibility right. for leading the discussion. So they get some reps in, in a safe space. And mm -hmm. then, yeah, we can launch them out in twos. So they're not going out by themselves. And then they feel like uh, they can multiply out from there. Well, Olivia, what are some of the specific joys and challenges that you have found seeking to establish women in God's word in this small town setting? Yeah. One thing that I think actually ends up being a challenge, but then can turn into a joy is um, the limitations that can come with small town ministry um, within the local church. So being in a, a smaller church um, in a smaller area, um, we don't have the possibility to have uh, a woman on full-time staff, for, for instance, at the church, um, giving, being able to give her full time and, and energy um, to women's discipleship. Um, so we're, we're more limited in time. We're more limited in resources. Um, as I mentioned, um, where, where we live, uh, most of the women are having to work through the day. Um, and then have families at home. So, so they're limited as well. Um, so I think at times that can feel like a challenge. What you're able to do feels more limited. And then with that, there can be that temptation to compare with larger churches or 
um, maybe in more urban settings. But I think how that can change into a joy is when we recognize that our limitations are an opportunity then to depend on the Lord. And rather than putting our hope in what we're able to produce or how much we're able to produce, we put it in the power of his word to go forth and accomplish his purposes and the power of his spirit to be at work through his word and through his church. And so rather than bemoaning what we're limited in, whether budget wise, whether time wise, um, even just numbers wise, um, it's, it's a much smaller group of women that show up, um, in, in a rural, in our rural area, at least, um, to see that as, wow, this is an opportunity to see the Lord work in big ways then, um, mm-hmm. rather than depending on what we're able to produce. Um, so that, that that's kind of the first one that pops into my mind. Um, yeah. that could be maybe both a challenge, um, but then also can turn into a blessing as it causes us to have to just lean more heavily on Jesus. Yeah. I was just talking about this, um, with a friend earlier today. It's that second Corinthians one principle, the sentence of death and these hardships came from the Lord so that we would learn to rely not on ourselves, but on him mm-hmm. and, uh, his deliverance. It's mm-hmm. good. Liz, how about you? joys, challenges of women's discipleship in small towns. Can I just co-sign a lot of what Olivia just said? <laughs> yeah, but you stopped to say something. So yeah. no, I'm just kidding. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, girl. <laughs> um, so kind of since the early days, we have just had a ton of women that have been interested in discipleship groups or meeting together regularly or investigating the things of Jesus and so it's always kind of felt like we had more people than we had disciple makers or um, the ability to meet within a one-to-one setting. And so it's been a trial, um, but the joyful side of that is um, it's been amazing to see the Lord capture hearts and continue to power the ministry forward. His hand is is never too short to save and that his heart is still bent towards this place. And there's still many that are going to be called to him and that he's given us a task at hand. And so it can be overwhelming when you start to look at the number of ladies that you're like, Oh my word, I haven't talked to so-and-so in three weeks or, Oh, where's this lady been? I haven't seen her in two months. And you start to feel some of that weight and the joy comes on the other side of the surrender of asking the Lord to give open opportunities And man, does he provide them sometimes in the most strange ways. Um, But just getting to see how he orchestrates and his continual pursuit of a place that he's called you to and just believing that if he's called you to a place and he's going to continue to equip you so long as he has you there. So it's been so sweet that even in the midst of what feels like more sheep to shepherd than you will ever have shepherds to be able to take on, um, just seeing the Lord continue to transform minds by the power of his Holy spirit to draw hearts deeper into um, treasuring him and to start to see people um, seek after sheep themselves has been such a joy. Awesome. Uh, One of the things where small town summits and women's discipleship come together has been in 
uh, a women's Bible training events. I say event and hopefully soon events. Um, Olivia, tell us a little bit about the genesis of the small town summits, women's Bible training event, and the heart behind uh, that training event. Yeah. Um, so kind of the genesis of it is um, Emma Whitmer, uh, Stephen Whitmer's wife and myself. Um, we we both went to the same church for a couple of years, have a relationship. And, um, you know, both of us had the opportunity to be trained whether through um, a ministry or the local church or at school, how to, to study the Bible, how to rightly handle the word of God. Um, and it has been pivotal in our own lives. And we, we both really believe that that needs to be key to discipleship among women, that God is, is central or his word is central. Um, and so because of that, we have this heart to equip women to be able to study the word. And one of the things that we've noticed is that there are a lot of resources out there. There's a lot of conferences, but they can often be geared more towards urban settings. Um, so often these conferences are in the city, which is great, um, but they just aren't as accessible for women in the rural areas, um, needing to travel several hours to be able to participate in something like that. And so our desire was let's bring some kind of training to the rural areas um, and let's make this a little bit more specific to those smaller churches or um, churches in smaller places and encourage and further equip women to be able to study the word of God and then take what they learned at um, these training days and bring it back to their church and um, maybe hopefully be able to incorporate it in some way, um, not only in just how they might lead a study, but then they themselves be able to train other women in their church in what it looks like to, to study and um, follow the word of God. So we did our first event a couple of years ago in um, Pembroke, New Hampshire, um, and it was a great day. We had, I think, over 80 women that showed up from several different states and churches coming together and getting to learn together, um, which was really encouraging to see uh, these small churches getting to gather together and, and be encouraged in just the further study of God's word. So our hope is that we are able to do this event again. We had one planned, um, I think it was March 20th, 21st and uh, 2020. And as we all know, the world shut down then. And so that event shut down. Um, but our hope is that we um, would be able to put on this event again, um, hopefully sometime within the next year. It, it's exciting to see women equipped with the word to go back and do this one-to-one -one Bible reading to do groups to see a culture of discipleship spread in uh, the churches where they are among the women there. And so that planning of that second women's Bible uh, training event is in the works. We're excited for that. Um, I want to ask you guys in closing, if you could give a piece of encouragement to ladies who maybe had it on their heart to see uh, a more formal expression of women's discipleship in their church, or they're discouraged with what's there. I want to give the final word to you guys. You can get in, encourage them. However, the Lord lays on your heart. Yeah. So I think my encouragement would be um, 
God can work in big ways through our small efforts. I think sometimes because we might fall into comparison um, because we were able to see a lot of different ministries out there, it can feel intimidating. Um, it can feel like, oh man, I, I can't pull that off. So I'm just not even going to touch it. I'm not even going to do ministry. Um, and I would just encourage women, okay, see what God has given you. Um, don't think so much about what you don't have. Think about what you do have. You have the word, you have your local church and you have his spirit. So start with that and, and, um, you know, be okay. Um, starting small <laughs> and pray that God would work in big ways through your small efforts. Um, so that would be my encouragement. Um, just do something, <laughs> just do something and see how God is going to work in big ways through that. It might be slow. It probably will be slow. It so often is. It might look different than you anticipate, but the Lord works in big ways through our small efforts. So that would be my encouragement. Man, I, I heard on a podcast recently this week that your work is directly affected by your walk or directly related to your walk. And that when we are abiding and trusting in him, then those opportunities for being able to see people around us are out of an overflow of an abundance of provision from the Lord. And so just continue to press in as you press on, press in to the face of Jesus and seeking him diligently um, and treasuring him and continue to press into those relationships that you do have, just like Olivia said, just seeing what the Lord has, has laid out before you and start, just start pressing on some of those relationships and, and um, friendships that you have within your faith family. Um, and then continue to just do, do the work of obediently following the Lord and treasuring him. Um, and inviting others to be coming alongside of you as you do it. So just continue to to press in as you press on. Well, we're thankful for you ladies and ladies like you who facilitate equipping the body for the work of ministry. And thank you so much for your time and for your wisdom. Thank you. I'm grateful to Olivia and Liz for their wisdom and for their willingness to join us on the podcast. Stay tuned for information about a future women's Bible training event that, Lord willing, will be happening in Maine, uh, hopefully at the beginning of 2022. There's so much uh, to learn from this episode, principally, that will apply to men's and women's discipleship, but just to drive home the sufficiency of the Word of God and the Spirit of God for making disciples where Jesus has us. May the Lord bless you in all your efforts as you seek to be obedient to Jesus' command to go into all the world, including all the nooks and crannies of our towns, to make disciples of Jesus, teaching them to obey all He's revealed in His Word, and may He establish the work of your hands. God bless you.